It doesn't escape us that we are standing on holy ground right now. Your presence is here. We celebrate what took place so many thousands of years ago, but we celebrate that your spirit lives inside of us and that you take resident, resident, up, resident up in us and you live inside of us and that your spirit is here this evening. And Father, we just give you praise and glory for who you are. And it's in your powerful name, the powerful name of Jesus, that we are able to pray and come and give you glory. It's in his name that we ask all of this. Amen. You may have a seat. You know, as we were uh, singing those songs, um, talking about how great our God is, and there's no one greater than Him, and in singing that song, O Holy Night, and how, you know, even O came upon a midnight clear, and how the angels uh, are declaring this message, and just over and over in these Christmas carols, continuing talking and echoing the presence of God, the presence of God, the presence of God, God coming and declaring, God coming and declaring. You know, it takes us back to that, you know, thousands of years ago to those shepherds, those regular, ordinary individuals that was just going about their regular business, right? Going about their regular business, going out, they were out in their field, they were, they were watching over the flock, and then all of a sudden this, the clouds, or not clouds, but the, uh, well, there could have been some clouds there, I guess, but, uh, the sky opens up and an angel appears, and, and, and when it describes it, it talks about the, the, the glory around the angel. I mean, this angelic being coming from, coming from the presence of God was filled with <laughs> this brilliance. In fact, let's take a look at that story in Luke chapter 2. Uh, if, you ha- if you brought your Bibles, turn with me. If you didn't, good news, there's one in the back of the pew right in front of you. So why don't you grab the, grab the Bible there and just kind of follow along. Let's, let's read uh, the account of this story that happened and, and that we celebrate uh, today. It's found in Luke chapter 2. We'll pick up in verse 8. And it says, I'm going to read from the ESV. You might... If you're in the Bible from the back of the pew, that's an NIV, but it's very parallel. It says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and this is what it says, And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with what? Fear. They were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you this day is, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of them now, of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us, I think it's kind of comic on a sense. What else are you going to say? You know what? Let's go to Bethlehem and check this out. You know, I mean, this was a life altering experience for these guys. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with, the, they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Which is quite interesting, because she'd done that various times throughout her life with Jesus. Many times things would happen, and she would ponder them, and store them up in her heart, treasure them. And so then it says, and the shepherds continued, or returned, 
glorifying and praising God for all they had seen, all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. And at the eight, at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given him by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Let's go back and just. Let's go back to that night. Let's just revisit that night. In fact, we're, we are in a series, if you've been attending here and have been here over the past few weeks, or if you haven't, I'm just going to do like a quick summarization. But we've been in this Christmas series called, I, series called I Believe. And it's based upon this passage of Scripture because when we, when, we, when we look at this passage of Scripture, we see a couple things emerge. You know, we focus just on a couple things. A lot of things emerge. But we focused on a couple things. The, this number one, these shepherds are attending their, the, you know, these ordinary individuals are out doing their job, and this angel appears. Now, in those times, and I would suspect now, if anybody had an angel show up on their doorstep or something out of the clear blue, I would suspect you would probably have the same response as these shepherds. What the heck is going on here? <laughs> you know, it's scared, right? Because the message that usually came from an angel then was not a good message. Uh, and so they were afraid. But the angel said, hey, don't be afraid. The message I have for you, it's not a message of fear. And so as we looked at this, they talked about three different things. That, it was that God was going to just lavishly, just lavishly spell out on mankind. Number one, peace. Number two, favor. Number three, joy. And that's what we find in this. And so this angel comes and he basically says, I've got great news. Now, there's a couple of things. When I read this passage of Scripture, a couple of things just as a human, I, I, I kind of think about it. I'm like, why were the angels so happy about this? Why were the angels so ecstatic about this message? It didn't really apply to them. It was a message really of salvation. It was a message that God's moving, God's at work, God's going to be doing something here pretty big, and it applies directly to you. And they were extremely ecstatic. You know, the coming from the, the, you know, the throne room of heaven. I could, I could guess that the reason why they were so ecstatic, and as they came, they were constantly, you know, like praising God and the glory of God shone around them. I, I would imagine it was because these angels were probably there with Jesus from the beginning of, from the very beginning. I mean, they were created to just bring, you know, bring him glory and be his messengers. And, you know, uh, and so these angels have this message that is, you know, and I can imagine they're excited because, because this is a message that excited God himself. This is a message that was going to mankind, that was going to restore something that was broken. Now, something else I think is very interesting, too, as we sang these songs, too. It's like, why can God, how can God, you know, can you imagine Satan in this process? Satan, go, go back to the Garden of Eden. Satan disrupted things, right? He knew that he couldn't get at man, or he knew that he couldn't get at God. So the next best thing is to destroy man, right? Destroy a relation, destroy man. And so he goes in and he destroys this connection between man, Adam and Eve with God, and they get kicked out of the garden. Now from there on, everyone is, is, is blessed with this curse of being fallen, of being, uh, being you know, looked at as filthy rags before God, our righteousness, we can't measure up, we're enemies you know, before God. And I can imagine Satan sitting back and rejoicing, saying, this is great. I mean, we just did it over on God. This is awesome, you know? And then God, being God, looks through and comes up with this plan, this magnificent plan that's going to restore relationship 
between man and God. And the angels are saying, hey guys, now's not a time to be fearful. Now's the time to bow down and worship God and get excited. I, I'm telling you what, if you sat there and sang these songs and didn't get excited, please get up now and go get checked out. I can't imagine something just, I mean, we're just singing about that moment, that divine night where God said, I love man. And the reason why I can do this is because I'm God and I can and I did. And I think it's such an incredible message to ponder on at Christmas time. So these angels come and they tell the shepherds, hey guys, there's going to be peace. You know, and I can imagine these guys as they heard it, you know, if you put yourself in that position, uh, at the beginning of that chapter 2, it talks about the, the census that was taking place. And, and as we shared during this whole series, we talked about how um, the emperor at that time decreed this worldwide peace. And so these guys were familiar with this worldwide peace message going out that says we're going to have peace among mankind. And I, I don't know about you, but I, I, that would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? I mean, you know, that would be cool if we heard that message today. A lot of, we hear that message, but a lot of times it doesn't really come to fruition, right? And these guys are thinking, okay, this is cool, this is great. We're going to have peace between mankind. And, and, and so I could hear, I can just, this, the, the irony of this message where the angels are coming and saying, hey, you may, you may hear about this peace that's going out between mankind, but i got something that's going to blow your socks off. God's going to give you a peace that's going to restore your relationship with Him. So now we don't have to die separated from Christ. We don't have to die separated from God. We don't have to die and live in a state of separation, of agony and toil. Unless we just reject Him and choose that. But now God is pursuing man. And He's saying, I love you so much. And I'm going to give you this sense of peace. I doubt there's a single person in here would say, yeah, that peace stuff's a little bit overrated. I really don't like peace in my life, you know. I enjoy some good disruption, you know. I enjoy having my world just turned and flipped upside down and just peace, the peace rug pulled out from underneath of me. It's really overrated. I doubt anybody would probably say that in here. In fact, I would probably, if I was a gambling man, I would probably, I would probably, I would guess that there is a lot of people sitting in here tonight that's looking for peace. Maybe not just peace in the world, because I don't know about you, but I'm getting a little tired of hearing about ISIS. I'm getting a little tired of hearing about the other things that's happening in the media and how you, can't, you don't really know really what's going on. We have all these diseases now that's moving about. You have all this stuff that just feels like everything's just being disrupted and, and just turned upside down. And it's easy sometimes to almost think, who's in control here? Because it seems like things are out of control. But that's just it. It seems like. And I would have guessed that maybe some of you are sitting in here this morning, or this morning, here we go, this evening, and you're looking for some peace. Maybe not peace, I mean, I think we could all probably agree on the peace, worldwide peace, but I bet you there's some of you sitting in here this morning, you don't have peace between your wife or your husband, you don't have peace with your children, you don't have peace with your job, your career, you don't have peace with the latest diagnosis that you've gotten from your doctor and truth be known, maybe you're sitting in here this morning. Or, here we go. You know what? It's morning time right now, okay? <laughs> I'm going to be using, in the Greek, I'm going to just share with you, in the Greek, morning and evening are, are synonymous, okay? So, But I can imagine some of us are sitting in here this evening. And, and truth be known, truth be known, 
your world's kind of rocked and you're looking for some peace. And I just want to share with you guys, God is working. God is so, God is working. We've celebrated stories here at Element. One of the latest ones we celebrate is with Lynette Lehman where she had cancer and she's been healed. She's free of cancer right now. And we prayed for her and we celebrated and we gave God glory. And there's other, Tom Horking, Shar Horking, we prayed for them. There's other situations where people were disrupted, did not have peace. And we prayed and we asked God, move God, please, we know you can do it. And God showed up and he gave peace. And some of these guys are celebrating Christmas in a totally different fashion this year. Praise God. The angel said, we've got peace. Don't be afraid. We've got a totally different message for you. We've got peace. God is coming to give you peace. The second one we've talked about, if you remember, was favor. Favor's that thing that's like a, it's kind of like a, it's a dichotomy. It's like a paradox. A lot of the things that we get from God seems like that from our human perspective, you know? Like grace and, and favor and things like that. It's not stuff that you work towards. It's not stuff that you get because you do something, but it's something that God gives you because He loves you. It's something that God gives you because you're, because you're, you're one of His children, because He loves you so much, and He gives you this unmerited grace. He gives you this unmerited favor, and His favor rests upon you. And these angels have come. They came and they said, God is giving you favor. God could have just left you. God could have just said, you know what, you don't, you don't want to... You don't want to have a relationship with me. You want to turn your back on me. Then that's, that's where we're just going to leave things. But God's not a God like that because God is love. It's not something he just does. It's his very essence. It's who he is. It's something that he cannot not do. He is love. And so he comes and he says through the angel, God's got favor. He's given man. Favor. He's given man. And then last week we talked about joy. And joy is another one where I would suspect that a lot of us sitting here this morning, this evening, I think we would say, I don't think anybody would say, I really don't like joy in my life. Now some of us walk around and we think, that person probably doesn't like joy. Because it's like the absence of joy is always in their life, you know? But joy. The angel said, there's going to be joy. And joy is really correlated, I believe, from the readings I've done, I think joy is correlated with, with, with being in the presence of God. One, one author talked about being in the, remember we talked about this, being in, the, in, in front of the face of God. Whenever we're in front of the face of God, we, we, we experience this joy because he, that's what he radiates. All those things is what he radiates, this, this joy, this essence of joy, this essence of glory, this eff, essence of favor. It's who he is. It's his character. It's, it's all about him. And so when, we, when we're in his presence, when, we, when we're in with him and we experience him and we, 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 um, we, we see his face, and the scripture tells us that there's not going to be, you know, at the end of time, there's not going to, when we talk about, when we read about heaven, there's not going to be, Tears, there's not going to be sorrow. Why? Because the presence of God, that can't even happen there. And so we're going to experience this, this sense of, this essence of joy. So it really begs the question, if there's an absence of joy in our life, does it mean we're not sp- spending time in the presence of God, in, the, with, in front of the face of God? Some of us may say, well, I've got joy. Some of us have been duped to think joy 
is about like the gas prices, which we're all happy about that, right? There's a difference. We're happy about that. We're happy about those things. But the problem with those things are they're situational. And you let someone change that, and the next thing you know, I'm not happy any longer. You let someone change the dynamics of my relationship, when you're not living up to, to your part of, my, of our relationship, I'm not happy. You're not doing your part. I've lost my joy. And oh, by the way, it's not my fault. It's your fault, right? That's not what joy is. Joy is what radiates from God that through the deepest persecution, the deepest, the deepest trouble, the deepest problem we may ever have. I still have joy because I know that I'm a child of God and that my salvation rests in Him. And that when I spend time with Him, things make sense. That's why when we talked about these three points leading up to the fourth tonight, that's why when we talked about these three points, we said, when I give God my highest glory, I experience the deepest peace. When I give God my highest, when I give Him my highest glory to Him, I experience unmerited favor. When I spend time in the presence of God, bowing down before Him and, and allowing Him to just consume me and, 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 do, and, 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 and just, be, just take everything about me, I, I give Him my highest glory. I experience the deepest joy. You see, nothing takes that away. That's the message that the angels brought. And as we read in there, these shepherds, these shepherds did exactly, I hope, what we would do. You hear a message like that, you stand in the presence of something like an angelic being like that that is encased in, in with God's glory, God's glory shining around them. I think there's only one thing that you would do, and that's either bow down and praise God and give Him His glory, but then you just begin praising God. Throughout Scriptures, when Jesus interacted with man, man was always changed. They left praising God. He would heal someone. They would leave praising God, bringing a disruption throughout the rest of the people because their life had been changed. That's what happens when we come into the presence of God. We, 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 we praise Him. Our lives are drastically changed. All this horizontal stuff just dissipates. And we begin to focus on the vertical and everything makes sense. Everything else begins to make sense. But the way it happens is through the content or the, the, the um, subject of this message. Through Jesus Christ. God saying, I'm going to become one of them. And I'm not just going to become one of them. But I'm going to die for their sins. I'm going to put a plan in place that will literally destroy evil. I'm going to put a plan in place that's going to cripple sin. I'm going to put a plan in place to where it's, it's going to just culminate in everything that's going to restore my relationship with my people. And so this message, I hope you're hearing this message tonight because it comes down to what we titled this series called, I Believe. And it comes down to that. It comes down to that question, do I truly believe? Not just, well, these are the things you're supposed to believe in. No, it comes down to, do I truly believe? And it all culminates in the personhood of Jesus Christ. Melissa has a song. They're going to do another special here. Um, 
But what I want you to do is, would you please try to lean in to this song and really listen to the lyrics? Because it it's such a powerful song. Talking about exactly, or illustrating exactly what we've been talking about here this evening. So if you would, please listen to this special and really lean into the lyrics. In Galatians chapter 4, Paul writes uh, these words. He says, chapter 4, verse 4, he says, But when the fullness of time had come. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Do you believe? Not just, yeah, I believe in the script. You know, I believe, I believe. Do you truly believe? Some of you, like this song, are you're hungering. Your, your Messiah has come. You're thirsting. Your Messiah has come. Your King has been presented. You don't have peace. You're looking for peace. The Messiah has come. You're looking for joy. Your Messiah is here. You're looking for favor. The Messiah has come. So I pray that um, this evening that you would just open your hearts, your hearts and your minds because I don't believe you're here for a coincidence. Some of you are sitting here this evening. You come because you want to truly celebrate the Messiah, your King. And you're here and your heart is full of joy. Your heart is full of favor. Your heart is full of peace. And you're here because, again, you just want to lift this time up because this is what Christmas is about. <laughs> you know that, this, that you are a child of God and you're an heir, of, you're a co-heir of Jesus Christ. Some of you are sitting in here. You're not here by accident. But you may not be a, a child of God. And God's pursuing you. The exciting news is God has allowed you, put you here to hear these words. To say, I'm pursuing you with my love. I'm pursuing you with peace. I'm pursuing you with joy. I'm pursuing you with favor. What you are missing, what you are lacking, what you are searching for, it's found in me. Your identity, everything is wrapped up and found in me. I'm pursuing you and I want a relationship with you. So bad. That is such exciting news. I pray that there's going to be some in here this morning, you walk, or this evening, you walked in one way and you're walk, walking out differently. You were walk, you, we could say it like this. You walked in as an orphan, you walked out adopted as a child of God. I pray that you would find, that you could say, ever, I pray that everyone in this room could leave here tonight saying, I believe. I believe. I believe. And all those things. We're going to sing a couple more songs. But I pray you open your hearts and your minds. To and just allow him to just flood your presence with his presence. Can we pray? Father, I thank you so much for this evening. I thank you so much that you've created this time for us. That we're not here, for, uh, in a, as, we're not here in a, as a coincidence. But we're here for a reason. 
And I pray for those that are coming in here celebrating You. I pray that You would continue to fill them with Your love and Your joy and Your peace and Your favor. I pray that You would just continue to lift them up. And Father, those in here this evening that may not know You, they may have been courting You, they may have been dating You, but, but deep down they truly can't say, I believe, Father, I pray right now that You would just break into their lives and that they might leave here a changed individual being a child of the King, accepting You as their Savior and having this, this love relationship with You, ha- embracing the very message that these angels proclaimed some 2,000 years ago. I pray that You would just use this time, uh, this, these last few minutes, to just bring Yourself glory. And I pray all this in the powerful name of Jesus, our, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.